3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Oh man, the 3 a.m. alarm. I haven't heard the 3 a.m. alarm in a long time. Time to rise and run, gang. Yay! <laughs> the three. Hey, calm down over there. <laughs> that, that only The 3 a.m. alarm means one thing to me, means Run Disney is back, and I'm excited. And I'm not sure that 3 a.m. is going to be early enough this year for Wine and Dine. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Rise and Run podcast. We've got, I've got uh, four friends, four Run Disney friends with me today. I've got Alicia. Hi. I've got Greg. Hey, hey. hey. Jack. Hey. And Lexi. Hi. We're going to, we're going to, and oh, and, and yeah, I'm Bob. I'm your host for this episode. We're missing one other member of our group, John. He'll be with us next week. We hope that in the coming weeks and months, you get to know us a little bit better. But just to kick this thing off, we want to take a little bit of time and introduce ourselves. And Alicia, I'm going to let you start. Hi, everyone. My name is Alicia, and I'm from Minnesota. I've been running since 2012. And in 2016, I was in some Facebook groups, and um, they tended to be kind of negative. So I decided to start our original Facebook group, which was Run Disney Motivational Team. And then in 2019, I made a spinoff group off of that group called First Time Marathoners. And that's where we all met. Yep. Let's send it over to Greg. Thanks, Alicia. My name is Greg. I live in suburban Philadelphia. Uh, I have been running since uh, sometime in late 2012, early 2013. Got into running because I was looking to lose a bunch of weight for my wedding to my beautiful wife and just got hooked. And I've been a Disney nerd since uh, probably 1993. So when I found out that you could run at Disney, I knew I needed to be part of that. Uh, and as you'll see, uh, theme my first run Disney event was the Wine and Dine uh, race weekend back in 2016. Yeah, it was. Uh, so we all know that this is a, a very in, uh, special race to a lot of us here. Uh, but really looking forward to being a part of the podcast. And now I'm going to pass things over to Jack. Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> um, so I've ran back in middle school and high school and um, got back into running because of Alexi, who you're going to hear from in just a moment. Um, she's like, do you want to run at Disney? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I did. And um, Run Disney was my first big race. And it was a half marathon. And I've been running since then. I've My running story has gotten a little bit longer now. I've gotten into ultra marathons. Well, cool. Lexi. Hi. My name's Lexi. I live in Atlanta with Jack. We're roommates. 
And um, in 2015, I can't really tell you why, but I just got this wild idea that I was going to run a half marathon. Um, never run before, ever. Didn't even like doing it in, in high school. And so I ran the 2016 Wine and Dine. Uh, so Wine and Dine has a very special place in my heart because it was my first run Disney race. And um, I just ran my first marathon. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Chicago, right? Berlin. Berlin, of course. That's of course. That's right. Jack did Chicago. Like yes. Everybody. And we'll and we'll get to that. We'll get to that later on in this episode, also. Um, well, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, John is a uh, North Jersey guy. I'm going to let John introduce himself next week. It's kind of cool. I. I know. I mean, I've met everybody here and I know everybody here, but that 2016 wine and dine was, I guess, a first for a whole lot of us. Yep. In fact, really, Alicia's website, kind of not website, Facebook group kind of brought us together. But the only person I met before then was Greg. And we did a quarter marathon outside Philadelphia. Ambler, Pennsylvania. In Amber, Pennsylvania. Thank you. Yep. And uh, here's this fellow wearing a T-shirt that says, I'm training for the Wine and Dine Half Marathon. And I went up to him and said, hey, we're training for the same event. So we got to know each other there. That was pretty cool. Um, I'm Bob. I am the resident old guy. And I was born in Philadelphia. But I, I left there back in, uh, well, I graduated college in 75. And haven't lived in Philly since I've lived, I had a 20 year army career. I've lived really a whole bunch of places throughout the U S I've lived in Alaska. I've lived in Hawaii. Uh, I did a, I did a good bit. Hawaii is the first place where I really did a bunch of recreational running. It was, the weather was just always so gorgeous. There were so many neat events there. I decided early on, I wanted to do the Honolulu marathon. So I did that in 1988 lived for uh, when we left Hawaii we moved to Alabama we lived there for quite a while now I'm in Florida big time run Disney guy big time Jeff Galloway guy and uh, very much excited and looking forward to getting back there in just a little over two weeks now we're just uh, well as we were recording this we're just I think 15 or 16 days away from run Disney being back I started to send you guys a note one time that says, uh, gosh, well, when the event guy come, came out, I, I was going to post and say, I feel like I'm as excited as a 10-year-old waiting for Christmas. And then I thought about it, and I don't really remember being that excited when I was a 10-year-old. <laughs> I'm not even doing wine and dine this year, and I am so excited. <laughs> 2015, I didn't do it. It was the first time I knew about it, and I got onto. Uh, Christopher's Facebook site. I don't know if you know Chris's, Chris's site, Run Disney and Beyond. And uh, I, I got very excited about that and I wasn't doing it. I'm sitting up at night at nine o'clock in Alabama. That's the one where it, uh, the lightning storms and they shortened the run and mm-hmm. it ended up being a real last. That was the last of the nighttime That's correct. runs the, down at the, Run Disney. The infamous splash and dash. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. The, uh, the half marathon became like a six mile event or something like that. I remember the I was supposed to do that one, and I didn't know all of the secrets that we're going to talk about um, on this podcast about registration and when to do it and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so I, I like it was sold out by the time 
I tried to register and I was like, I'm never going to get to run a marathon. I'm never going to do it. And then I tried again the next year and I knew all the things. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll get it. We may get into that in one of these podcasts. We've still got one more to register for. That's the April surprise. And I guess it'll be a surprise when registration comes around because nobody really knows what's going on with that. But we've been talking wine and dine. Uh, we had a significant event occur was the last week, week before the uh, event guide came out. Greg's been looking into that for us. Greg, what'd you find out in the event guide? Well, Bob, if you were waiting on like a kid in on Christmas morning for the event guide, allow me to be your elf uh, to give you all of the <laughs> uh, the details of the event guide. Uh, yeah, I was just scanning through it the other night, and obviously, you know, those of you listening, there is probably you know some new uh, you know runners out there that probably have no idea what we're talking about and we're going to be here to explain it for you. And then the old hats, obviously we're used to this, but uh, there are a few changes. So I just want to highlight uh, a couple of those. Uh, the first and, and the most important are the COVID precautions. Obviously, uh, you know, we are still navigating through a pandemic, but we are all very excited that running is returning. Uh, not just for Run Disney, but all, all across the globe. But as it relates to the COVID precautions, Run Disney has said that um, face coverings must be worn at the expo uh, on the, the transportation that Disney provides. Uh, you know, so those charter buses that you would get from your you know resorts if you are staying on property. Obviously, this one makes a ton of sense if you have to use a medical tent at all, whether it's in the, the staging area or on the course. That makes a ton of sense. And then also a little obscure one here, but it makes sense is if you plan on using a restroom uh, during the race that is inside one of the Disney parks, then you would have to uh, put a uh, face covering on. Uh, but that's pretty much it in terms of the COVID precautions. Uh, another big change for this year is that all of the races, the 5K, the 10K, and the half, as it relates to the wine and dine, are all now starting at 5 o'clock in the morning. I believe in the past, some of the races would start at 5.30, but obviously I think they want to push everybody through the parks as quickly as possible. So not a huge change there, but something. So three to o'clock might not be early. Enough. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you might, you off. might want yeah. to set, you know, that alarm for two or, or two thirty, and, you know, wake up all your family and friends, you know, that, that you're, you're or just stay up all night. Who cares? What? The well, heck? I mean, now the one thing that we do have to our advantage though, with wine and dine is that lately wine and dine has always been occurring during daylight savings time. So you do get that extra hour of sleep, uh, from going into the 10 K into the half. So that's always a, Sunday, uh, a right. nice little perk there. Bonus. Hey, bo bonus sleep during a run Disney race weekend is always a great thing. That's the one. Mm -hmm. That's the only yes. one. Similar. Uh, we'll, we'll get in the course maps uh, in a little bit, but um, just to note that the 10K and the half are point to point races. Um, you start both of those races at the, and actually, Someone tell me, is it the Transportation and Ticket Center or the Ticket and Transportation Center? Because I have heard it both ways. I always just called it the TTC all my life. And I'm not exactly sure which one it is. But that's where we're starting the races. I'm pretty sure it's the... Wait, now I'm saying... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the Transportation and Ticket Center. Is it? That's what I was thinking. 
I'm glad, I'm glad we have two former cast members who were able to confirm that for us. But because of that, um, since they are point-to-point races, and this really only pertains to those of you, like Bob, uh, who will be driving to these races, is that obviously if you're taking the resort transportation, the buses that will pick you up at your resort will take you right to the starting area. But if you are driving, you have to park at Epcot, and then they will transfer you to the start at the TTC. Uh, It is important to know that for the 10K, uh, you need to be at Epcot by no later than 4 a.m., hence why Bob was saying to uh, set the alarm even earlier. And then for the half, make sure that you are at Epcot by 3.30 in the morning. For all of the new Run Disney people who are probably panicking, like, how do I get there at that time? There's bus transportation if you're staying at a Disney resort. And what's also good now, obviously, check the the event guide, but also usually almost all the resorts have little A-frame signs in the hotel lobbies that will give you the dates and times of when the buses are running and everything. So, you know, make sure that, you know, to double check that, um, you know, just to confirm everything. If you ask the front desk if you're staying at a Disney hotel, um, they have pamphlets starting the day before the 5K or the day before the expo, and it will have all that information as well. Excellent. See, everybody did their homework tonight. I'm so proud of you all. (laughs) Uh, And then the last big change that I just wanted to briefly talk about, and again, there's still a lot of speculation out there, and we are trying to refrain from being as little of a speculation podcast as possible. But instead of a typical corral system for the races, uh, Run Disney has said that they are moving to starting groups. Uh, So when you get your bib, your bib will say either S1, S2, S3, or S4. Now, if you really dig deep into the event um, staging guide for the 5K, you'll actually see a PDF that pops up of a you know corral system that just like three big holding pens essentially um you know at least for the 5k it looks like they're just gonna be going s1 through s3 reminds me similar of how you know we were staged for 5ks and 10ks for the other race weekends especially marathon weekend so that's what we think is going to happen whether there's going to be mini waves within there we're not sure so that's why we're not going to go into much detail about it so those really are uh the big, big changes uh, that we've noticed from previous event guides, you know, back when, you know, is, let's face it, the last Run Disney weekend we have is Princess in 2020. So they did have to adjust some things because of the pandemic. Um, but I'm glad to see it wasn't too, too many major sweeping changes. So um, but what I want to do now is just open it up to the group. And obviously, we all have had the opportunity to look over the course maps. Um, obviously, 5K is done all in Epcot 10K, you start the TTC, uh, and then you make your way down towards Epcot, do a little bit of the Epcot resort area. And then the biggie, the half, actually, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the only half marathon that actually gets you in three parks during the course of the whole run Disney year. You go from the TTC to um, Animal Kingdom, where you actually get to run through Pandora And then you make your way over to Hollywood Studios where you go in there for literally five seconds and then you pop out (laughs) and then finish the race in Epcot. So I'll open up to the group. Anybody find anything really, really interesting with uh, this year's course maps? I thought it was really cool that they added back the, um, as a former cast member, um, the going back to where what we call West Clock parking is. 
at Magic Kingdom behind the parks. That's also where the fireworks are, are usually, well, they used to be set up. I don't know if they're still set up back there. But it goes back where like Cast Connection is behind that back road. I forget the name of the road, but I thought that was interesting. It wasn't there the past couple of years. That's cool. How do you find, I mean, I know how to find the event guide, but we may have some listeners who don't know how to find the event guide. So how do you find the event guide? Bob, that's actually an excellent point that you bring that up. Let me tell you how you find the event guide. Uh, first, you start by going to rundisney.com. Then on uh, the middle of the page at the top, you'll see events. Just hover over that. Go to Wine and Dine. You click on that. Once that page loads, you want to go to the blue hyperlink for runner info. You will click on that. And then the first thing that should be listed there is the official digital event guide with a hyperlink as well. Just click on that. And then the digital event guide will be there for you to peruse. Cool. Thank you for that. I'm ta- yeah, I'm taking credit for that great question, but it really wasn't mine. It was really Jack's. And she put it in the, in the notes instead of asking. But that's okay. I'm taking credit. I'll tell you one thing I did notice. You don't have to walk two miles to get to the start of the 5K this year. Did you have to do that at Wine and Dine previously? Because I thought that was only Princess. No, it wasn't Princess. It was Wine and Dine, and it was 2019 or 2020. I don't remember. Alicia, you might remember the the walk to the start of the 5K was just about a mile. What? So I remember Princess was like that one year. Yep. In 2019, I remember we ended up doing almost a 10K when all was been done. Okay. If you count, you know, walking from the hotel to the buses and all that, I can see that. But yeah, I, I it was nearly... I went back and checked it. It was nearly a mile from the staging area to the start line. And of all the events to do that in, you would think, oh, well, that'd be awful in the marathon, which, by the way, and we'll get to it in a couple of weeks. Typically, if they don't change things, there is a long walk from the staging area to the start of the marathon. But we'll see how that goes. Um, But you think, okay, well, you shouldn't do that in the longer runs. But I think it's worse in the shorter runs. Because you've got a bunch of people who go, well, I'm not much of a runner, and I'm going to work myself and so I can do this three miles. But when you add another mile to that, anyway, they're not doing that this year, so we're good. The other thing I'm hopeful for, and you can't tell by the course maps, this is just the finish line. One of the things I loved most about the finish line is turning that last corner and the gospel choir is there. And they were there at the end of the events I went to up until the construction began at Epcot. And then they weren't there last year. So just means, hey, my Disney run is almost done. I've finished it successfully. I've beaten the balloon ladies. I hope they're there. It'd be good to see them. My favorite is always Vacation Genie at Epcot. Green Army Man. The Green Army Man. Yeah. I imagine he'll still be there on the side of the hill having people doing push-ups. The one cool thing that I'm hope I mean Grant I'm not running wine dime but what I'm hoping for all of you runners who are doing uh the 10k this year is if you zoom in real close on that 10k map um it looks like you do once you enter the world showcase uh looks like you go by journey into imagination by the land then you head past the seas and it looks like you you get into the front entrance plaza of Epcot before you 
turn at the infamous pink and, and blue bathrooms and hopefully find the gospel choir. You run that race early enough and you're fast enough. Maybe they'll have the beacons of magic running. Um, obviously, that has been, you know, a major, major hit, you know, during the 50th anniversary celebration. I mean, heck, it upstaged the opening of Harmonious. So, I mean, that that has to go and tell you something. So, um, so that's really interesting. And then the other thing I found very cool as well. I mean, obviously, I, I like to call Future World Crater World right now because of the huge hole <laughs> in the center of it right now. But um, if you zoom in real close on the half, uh, you actually do run you know, around the crater a little bit. It looks like you go by the creation shop and club cool and, and such. So uh, I'm glad to see that they are starting to mix future world or sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. Not future world anymore, but uh world celebration and world discovery and all those uh, fun new right. neighborhoods. So uh, glad to see that, you know, they're, stopping the um, exit there between Mexico and. Well, I'm just glad we don't go back behind Mexico where they toss out yesterday's dinner and it was not pleasant. <laughs> we did it a couple of times. Not cool. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. One last thing I'd like to talk about, about wine and dine. We have a little discussion here and that's the after party. I love the after party so much. Oh, cool. As you know, uh, if you're running, if you're running the half marathon, basically, whether you're running the challenge or just the half, you get a ticket to the half ma- to the uh, after party. Uh, Greg, you want to talk about that for a minute? Absolutely. So with the after party, uh, like Bob said, it is included in your race registration. But if, say, you have family members that are coming with you who are not racing, you are able to purchase a ticket for that. Unfortunately, don't have it in front of me. I can't I remember. It was it eighty nine dollars. Eighty nine dollars um, for that ticket. And now, granted, the official event kicks off at nine thirty at night. So obviously, I think that's about fifteen minutes before Harmonious sets off. Uh, and then the park closes after that, but then is open. Um, you know, for the wine and dine uh, crew. And that party will go until 1230, you know, usually sometimes a special character meet and greets. And obviously the festival booths will be open and some attractions open as well. You know, so if you want to get that late night ride on Soren or Frozen, you know, you'll be able to. But the one caveat that we should mention, obviously, you know, if you're looking to maximize your time at Epcot is according to the event guide and, and the Run Disney website, if you have a ticket for that party, you can get into Epcot as early as 5 p.m. that afternoon. So for those of you that like to save a little bit of money and you know enjoy all the Run Disney race weekends, as a pseudo travel agent, my recommendation for you would be get one less day on your theme park tickets and you know, just go into the parks later that day, you know, after the races and such like that. Uh, but again, I'm not a licensed travel professional, so, <laughs> but that's a, the best advice that I, I can give there in, in terms of that. But, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, during these weekends, um, what's really nice is, you know, just because we have such a bond in, you know, the Facebook pages, you know, thanks to, to Alicia and Bob that, you know, we like to get together, you know, whether it's at the after party or, or, you know, some, Somewhere and sometime, you know, during the weekend. So I'm going to toss over to the two of you. What are our plans for a potential meetup for that weekend? So we have a meetup during the after party at 10 p.m. We're meeting in front of the American Pavilion. So if you'd like to join us, um, 
you can message us on our Facebook group, the Run Disney Motivational uh, yeah, Run Disney Motivational Team, um, and we can tell you more about it. Right. Or right, and uh, we. By the way, there is a Facebook page for this podcast, the Rise and Run Podcast Facebook page. Not much there right now, but we'll have that going, and we'll put that event up there also. Uh, 10 a.m. American Pavilion. We won't have signs or anything. Look for the very tall old guy next to the very short young lady. And that's that's <laughs> probably Alicia and me. Bob, actually what I su- would suggest is that uh, in, you know, maybe instead of in front of the American Adventure, maybe move over to that new barbecue yeah. restaurant, you know, the one themed after the Muppets. So maybe just have you stand to next next to a picture of like Sam Eagle because you, know, you do have you know, a very canny resemblance. <laughs> Might, might make things a little easier. Everybody else says I look like Goofy, but okay. I really was thinking about that because that's a good place to get something to drink or eat and sit down. But we'll a little more on that next week and a little more on that on the Facebook groups. The, uh, the after party can be fun. Some of my general comments, what's going to happen is after Harmonious, things are going to shut down. It's going to look, if it goes as it has in past years, it's going to look like it closed. And then all of a sudden at the party start time all the lights come back up the music comes on another observation i've made i've been to three now is that it's it tends to be very crowded early but if you can wait about an hour into the after party things thin out quite a bit and uh then your lines for attractions go way down so it's a it's a toss-up is it worth spending 90 bucks Greg's right. If you're buying individual daily tickets, it's a good deal for that day. But if you're a, mm-hmm. a, a pass holder or if you already have your, yeah, it's it's a toss up. I'm going to do it. I'm my, I'll get my ticket, but I'll bring my wife Becky with me. And uh, yeah, stays, fork over the 90 bucks. They're only Disney dollars anyway, so they don't count. <laughs> I will say pro tip, take a nap after you run whether you have the stamina to last until 1230 whenever you wake up at oh, 2 a.m. Yeah. Oh, yeah. to no, go no run. No doubt about that. That's, that's, uh, that's going to happen. Okay. Well, Greg, thanks. That's a pretty good wrap-up. We don't really know, but we know what's in the event guide. We know what has happened in previous years. And it does look like things are, I'm going to say, relatively normal. Let's just hope for the best. I want to move on. We're going to move on to a section that we hope to do weekly. Not hope to do. We plan to do weekly. And that's the race report. We have a file in the Run to Disney motivational page where people are putting up what events they're running. And I've looked that in that one. And we have, we've got two folks running this weekend. First, our buddy Joe is running in... Fort Chaffee, Arkansas. I looked this up on the map because it says the address is Fort Smith, Arkansas, but the runs in Fort Chaffee, they're, they're pretty much the same place, it appears. He's running Whitney's race, a charity race, a charity 10K. Uh, three in the afternoon start. Could be a little toasty in, uh, in Fort Chaffee at three in the afternoon on a Saturday, but he's down by the Arkansas River. Looks like it's not too hilly 
And it also looks like that run starts near a brewery, which is not a bad thing, especially for a three in the afternoon run. So good luck, Joe. Joe will probably win his age group. And he does that quite often. But Joe's, I said I'm the older guy here. Joe's a little older than I am. So uh, a lot of times when you get into our age groups, it's not too hard to finish first, second, or third. You just got to cross the finish line. Then on uh, Saturday and Sunday, Michelle is running in Amelia Island, Georgia. She's doing the Zuma Challenge Race. That's a race series. It's a, it's a series of women's runs. I don't know if they're all in Georgia or not, but uh, it looks like, I know she's got a 5K Saturday, and then either a half or a 12K on Sunday. I haven't talked to Michelle. I'm not sure which one she's doing on Sunday. Uh, I know she did a virtual marathon not too long ago, so I can certainly understand if she opts for the 12K instead of the, uh, what is it, a 21K for a half? I think it's 21 or 22. 22, I think, isn't mm-hmm. it? Kilometers? Yeah, 22.1 kilometers for a half. So those are our two runners this weekend. Uh, on our running this weekend segment, we plan to talk to some of our racers and we're fortunate to have with us today two folks who finished the Berlin Marathon a couple of weeks ago, and that's Jack and Lexi. Yay. And I want to hear about it. First of all, congratulations. Lexi's first marathon. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I was excited. I tracked, I did track both of you, but not as well as I might have, but I did do that. It was fun to do. Let's, let's talk about it. Let you how did you guys get into this? Did you get in through lottery or did you, how'd, how, how'd that go? Rewind a little bit to us actually deciding that we were going to do this. Um, as you know, COVID happened and we were all stuck inside. So what did Jack and I do? We decided to travel. <laughs> <laughs> so we made the decision that we, we wanted to do uh, the six majors. So there's six well, world major marathons around the world. Berlin, London, Tokyo, Chicago, New York, and Boston, and possibly going to be a seventh added sometime in the next five years. Right now, Cape Town is in the running. Not official yet. Um, And so I think, Jack, were you the first one that decided to do Berlin? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to put my name into whatever lottery I can get my hands on and um, just kind of see what stuck. And so I put it in Berlin first and Chicago, like not long after. Um, Found out, didn't get in Berlin, but Lexi said she was going to do marathon tours and that's how she was going to get her spot. And I was just like, I gotta go. (laughs) I... It's always fun to go with somebody. So, of course, I want to go with Lexi. So, I'm like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just do the marathon tours. And then I found out not longer, long after that I was running Chicago. So, I was like, well, I guess I'm running two marathons back to back. You know what? Very cool. <laughs> two marathons, psh, that's nothing for her. Okay. So, cool. So, you got your entries. You're both going to Berlin. Um, how'd you get there? What'd you do when you got there? Go ahead. Well, um, we, so marathon tours and travel, um, 
basically planned the whole thing for us. The only thing we were really responsible for were a couple of meals and our flight over there. So um, we booked our flights. Uh, We actually, we found out we got into Marathon Tours, um, their system in February, mid-February, I believe. And the race was in September. And so we didn't actually book our flights until June because everybody was talking about, is it going to happen or is it not going to happen? And nobody knew and we didn't want to lose money. So we were like stalking prices, trying to figure out, are we going to do it? Do we want to spend this money or I don't know? And so with the time change, we left Wednesday morning and got there Thursday morning. I did not have any jet lag at the beginning. (laughs) I mean, I had a little. I was a Lexi had an app. Okay, she found an app, and I'm just, (laughs) I'm just like, I'll go with the flow. You know, that's what I'll do, and that's what I did. Did I feel some jet lag? Just a teeny bit, but that's okay. <laughs> it's, it's the experience. Well, I would expect you would. <laughs> I found an app. It was called the the Time Shifter app. And so it told me a couple of days ahead of time, okay, have caffeine at this time. Make sure you're kind of winded now and going to bed at this time and kind of conditioning your body to change. It worked great on the way over there. I had a little jet lag coming back. I wasn't too bad coming back. Sometimes the direction you travel makes it a little easier or a little tougher. Yeah, I only felt it on Sunday, and then we both went to sleep and took naps, and it was great. Then we were fine. Okay, so now you're in Berlin. You got a couple days before the event. You toured a little bit, and then I assume you go to a race expo. How was all that? How was your tours, and how was the expo? Um, The expo itself was... I don't know why, for for whatever reason, I was expecting it to be smaller just because of the fact of COVID going on. But no, it was very well put together. It was big. I was not expecting that. Um, So many vendors and whatnot. And And it was in an abandoned airport. Wow. Called the uh, Zentral Flughafen. Of course. Everybody knows that. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) No, Jack was amazing because she's been learning German for, um, she's been learning German for like two years. And so she was able to at least give us the peace of mind that if we got lost, we could kind of figure out how to find ourselves again. That's important. Yeah. It was very helpful. You're over there. You've been through this great expo. Uh, Now it's race day. What time did you get there? When did it start? How did that go? So that was really weird because we didn't have to be, let's see, my start wave wasn't until 10.20 and Jax was at 10. So we slept in a little bit. We went and got breakfast at the Hotel Continental Breakfast. (laughs) It was so unlike what we do. That's where I went wrong was the breakfast that I ate. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But yeah. Well, no, you got to give us details now. Yeah, so I have like um, a thing where I have to eat very what I call my safe foods if I were to go running, especially for races. And um, my stomach can only do certain foods and um, they didn't have necessarily what I would usually eat. And so um, I tried and um, I had stomach problems through a good half of the race. <laughs> so Okay, that's enough detail. I'm, I am sorry to hear that. But you finished all right. I mean, 
you made it, right? Oh, of course you did. I yeah. know you did. Yeah, I cried, but yeah. <laughs> okay. What were some of the highlights of the race? The crowd. Mm-hmm. It was so cool how people were yelling in German and we had no idea what they were saying. And then like you just, you could feel the support. And um, one of the things I loved, which I noticed was not the case at the Chicago Marathon, um, but at Berlin, the bibs all had our first names on them. So people would yell out, Lexi, go, blah, 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 in German. Um, <laughs> How do you say blah, blah, blah in German? Not even, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and that was just, that was really cool, you know, hearing your name being cheered for. Um, and that's one of the things that I implemented. Um, there were a couple people at Chicago who had like, duct tape written their names on their shirts or something and I know how much that meant to me running Berlin so I made sure to yell out as many names as I could very good yeah um I have a highlight so at mile 18 there was a little bit of an incline for probably a solid quarter of a mile um it was the only incline on the course and it wasn't even like I wouldn't even call it a hill but it was at mile 18 and I was tired at that point. And there was this little guy who was on a bicycle and he was going up and down the incline. Come on. You only have 20 more feet of incline. You got wow. this. And I was like, that is awesome. Thank you. That is cool. <laughs> that is cool. I can see that can really help sometimes. Yes. I also like that. I found Waldo. If you ever read those little books when you were kids. <laughs> And the Where's Waldo book, I found Waldo twice. Just saying. <laughs> I felt like a winner. <laughs> All right. That's neat. So talk about the finish of the race. Uh, Lexi or Jack, you go first. How'd, how'd you finish up? Um, so I don't know why, but I thought that Berlin, because of the problems I was having, and I, I was having calf problems the two days before as well. And I wonder if that was due to like the flight and whatnot. Um, just my muscles were just tensing up and um, it got kind of a little painful. So I slowed down a lot for the half, but I thought it was harder for whatever reason than my Bryce Canyon 50 miler. <laughs> I think it was hot. Um, yeah. So uh, I was just happy to finish. Uh, I was very, I, I like cried. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to find Lexi after this um, and cheer her on. So I was just really happy to be more or less there for Lexi because I knew it was her first marathon. And that's such a monumentous moment. Right. And I feel honored to be there that day with her. Well, that's cool. So that sets the stage. Lexi, tell us about your finish. Um, it was an interesting finish. <laughs> I'll say that to start off with. Um, and unexpected. Um, so, um, uh, due to some injuries, unexpected injuries, and just the way that training worked out for me, um, I didn't have the best training buildup or, or the most ideal training buildup. Um, and because I was basically out for the month of June, I had to build up my miles really fast and I focused more on distance than I did on speed. And so going into the race, I knew I would be right on the cutoff if all conditions were perfect and they were not perfect. <laughs> so um, 
I I really just focused on keeping one foot in front of the other and I was fine until mile 20. And then at mile 20, I hit the the runner's proverbial wall and I burst into tears. I don't I do know exactly what caused me to burst into tears. Um because I was at the back of the cutoff, like, you know, um, right where the cutoff was. And I was running along. And then all of a sudden, beside me came two cop cars on motorcycles. And I turned around and there was a pickup bus. Uh-oh. And I freaked out um, because I'm like, they're going to make me stop. And I don't know. And so, like, for the next probably mile, they would stop. And then I'd pull ahead. I'm like, okay, I'm good. And then they'd pull ahead of me and then I'd run past them. And then finally, you know, I, um, a, a car moves faster than a person at the end of a marathon. Um, <laughs> so they pulled ahead. They asked me to move to the sidewalk. I just remember thinking, I hope I don't get lost um, because I can't be on the road where these are marked and there's nobody here and they're going to pull me off the course and I'm not going to be able to finish. And I'm going to, you know, say that I came all the way to Berlin and not, not finish. So I called my mom crying so hard that she could not understand what I was saying. And she's like, are you hurt? Did you fall? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, so she was like, I can't understand you right now. I think you should hang up with me and call Julie, who is my running coach. I'm like, okay, that's what I'll do. <laughs> um, and she actually didn't find out that I was, I didn't fall, that I was not injured until after the race was over. Um, but I called Julie and um, she kind of talked me down to where she could understand me. And she said, okay, I know you're hurting. You're not going to get lost because there's a course. And even though it's closed, there's still a course happening. I'm like, okay. Um, she said, you're going to walk for 15 minutes and then you're just going to reset to do the last five miles. And I got about eight minutes into that 15 minutes and I started feeling better. And I was like, okay, I can't, I just once one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. Like you, that's all that I could do was just keep moving because I knew that if I stopped, then I wouldn't be done. And that, that, the, I remember mile 25 lasted about five miles because it kept turning down all these streets. And I was just like, it's, it's, it's the break, it's, it, it's the Brandenburg gate. And then it wasn't. Um, so finally I made the last curve. I saw the gate in front of me and I started running for it. And it was amazing because I still had all of these people around me that were cheering my name. And I'm like, I'm there, I'm there. Um, so I got to the gate. And I saw it in front of me and I was running. And um, then I came up to a volunteer, a little metal barrier gate, and the bus. And um, I was maybe 400 feet away from the Brandenburg Gate, probably a quarter of a mile away from the finish line. And the volunteer guy said, the course is closed. The finish line is closed. You have to get on the bus. Ooh to go to the finish area. And I was, I was crying. I was like, no, I have it on my run keeper that I'm at 27 miles. I'm done with this. Yeah. Um, and he said, I'm sorry. You know, there's nothing I can do. The finish line is closed. And so I walked over to Jack, who thankfully was standing there because um, she found me at that last stretch. 
And I collapsed crying in her arms. And uh, she and the rest of the people around the runners were, you know, still hanging out. They're like, no, you can still get your medal. You can still get your medal. And Jack picked me up and she said, we're going to go get your medal. And she she pulled me. Okay, come on. And I was like, I, I can't run. It hurts. <laughs> and I was sobbing. Um, and she's like, no, we're going to go through the gate. And so I ran through like the sidewalk part of the gate so I could still go through the gate. And we met this nice security guard that let us cross over to the other side and a whole bunch of nice runners who just kept pointing us in the direction of the metal tent. Nice. And I walked up to the metal tent and Jack asked for me because I couldn't speak. She's like, can she still get her medal? And I just held up my run keeper. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and they were like, yes. And then they, they put the medal around my neck and I burst into uh-huh. tears again. <laughs> That's great. Great stuff, guys. Great stuff. I'm excited to hear the stories. I'm excited for both of you. And uh, the race report will be an official uh, part of our weekly broadcast. And I think next week, if... Jack can get a better internet connection. We want to hear. We want to hear from Jack about Chicago. Uh, that'll be a great. We got uh, we got some others coming up, and I'm kind of hopeful that as we go along here, we'll get a chance to talk with uh, some of the folks who are just on our Facebook pages, and uh, we can talk to them about some of the runs that they're doing, either whether they're doing them in their areas or whether they're doing them on little runcations and. Let's just get a little sampling of what's going on and running throughout the U.S. and maybe even throughout the world like we did here for the run in Berlin. About time to wrap it up, guys. That's the collector's edition. Episode one is just about in the books. <laughs> we, we made it, right? This will be the one you'll want to put away and put on a shelf because years from now it will probably be like the uh, first edition of uh, – the DC comics where Superman first appeared or the 1958 Mickey Mantle baseball. Now, probably what it will be is the one that we'll look back on a couple of months from now and go, Oh my God, we were really awful for that first show. <laughs> Cause hopefully we'll get better by then. Hey, if you're listening and you'd like to contact us, feel free to join us on the run Disney motivational team page. If you're running marathon weekend, we have a page for that too, the RDMT. It's called the First Timers page because we concentrate on first timers, but it's for everybody. And we have our own podcast page. You can find the Rise and Run podcast, all one word, page in Facebook. And Bob, I'm sure we'll be putting uh, links to all these pages in the uh, show notes uh, for this episode so everyone can find us even easier. So look, gang, have fun. Happy running. And when that three alarm, three o'clock alarm or two thirty alarm or two o'clock alarm goes off, <laughs> just know it's time to rise and run. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.